The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship here at Providence, and we're thankful that you have tuned in again this week. Uh, got my brother Brian Nelson beside me again. Brian, welcome. Hey, Andy. Again, uh, you're noticing a pattern. Brian, Lord willing, will be here each week we, uh, as we go through this book. Um, but we have various couples sitting across the table from us today. We are happy and thankful to be joined by a very special couple, David and Kathy Henry. David, Kathy, welcome. Glad to be Hello. here. Yeah, would you introduce yourselves for our listeners? Tell folks at Providence who may not know you who you are. Okay, sure. Um, Kathy and I. Wait, are you David and Kathy Horner? No, <laughs> another David and Kathy. Okay, gotcha. H. <laughs> and Kathy, my Kathy spells her name differently yes. than yeah. that's yeah. Kathy. So anyway, um, so we have been here in Raleigh for uh, about 30 years, and we've been at, at Providence that entire time of 30 years. We've been married 34 years mm. and um, moved here in 91 and got plugged in right away. Um, and at the, as a result of our marriage relationship, we have two children, mm. uh, adult sons. Uh, they are Joel, who's 31 now, lives in Cary uh, and gainfully employed there. And then Carson, 26, lives down in Orlando and uh, works, uh, works in um, the medical industry down there. Okay. So, uh, anything else you want to add? What do you guys do for work? Oh, and what okay. do you, what okay. kind of uh, ministries are involved here at Providence? Well, Kathy and I have taught a life group for, gosh, it goes back to the mid nineties. It started out as a home builders group, which was focused on marriage relationships and, okay. and such, but we've, um, kind of, uh, adapted to changing situation with life class members. And now we just call ourselves growing in grace because hopefully that's what we are. Amen. <laughs> and we cover a number of different topics. So we've done, we do Bible book studies as well as uh, we'll do a book study. We've done uh, Paul Tripp books. We've done uh, Dana Orland book uh, recently, things like that. And then we also, Kathy and I both serve on staff with crew. Uh, Kathy's been with them for 42 years. So I think I'm 36 years with crew. Okay. Met on staff with crew. And we served in various capacities, but about three years ago, God called us into a specific ministry of Crew City is a relatively recent adult professional ministry within Crew. Mm-hmm. And we just saw that God had some things for us to do there. And so he called us away from a, a, a past role that, that we were both involved in and into the into city. And through city, we're involved in a lot of different things in terms of uh, evangelism, discipleship. And in particular, we're doing a lot of stuff with marriage couple, married couples. Uh, through a, a ministry out of Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas called Reengage. We really like the material. We might be able to talk more about that at some other mm-hmm. point in time. But um, so we've been doing that through Providence, hope to expand that to other uh, churches in the area as well because we see it so significant. It's so gospel-centered and, and beneficial for, for couples to get uh, grounded in, in, in the Word and also um, get established in God's word in terms of, and, and the implications of that for their marriage is, is profound. It's yeah. good stuff. And this is the second or third time you guys have gone through it at Providence. 
Third. Third yeah. time. Third time. Yeah. yeah. Third time. Yeah. Now. Okay. Great. Well, praise God for his grace in your lives. Thankful that you guys are here. David and I also have a special past connection uh, <laughs> through Crusade, Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, I came to faith through that ministry as a student at Clemson. My campus director there was uh, my Bible study leader, discipled me for three years. He was kind of like a spiritual father to me, and I actually was really close friends with and still am his son. Uh, we roomed together and stuff. And David has some connections with Barry Bushelon as well. That's right. Uh, Barry Bushelon um, is a Clemson grad and somehow he worked his way out Southwest out to the Southwest was on staff with crew at Oklahoma state university, which is my alma mater. Uh, Oklahoma state was his first assignment as uh, a married man. He had married Susan at that point of the previous summer. And as a result of, uh, what he and three other guys did uh, in terms of my in my fraternity house, I got connected to crew. I'd already become a Christian, but he helped me really grow. Mm-hmm. Spent time with me one on one, small groups, and uh, I really kind of like you, Andy, view him as a spiritual father. Helped me really grow and get established in the Word, and and um, and that, and I think that's why I'm on staff with crew today is because of the yeah. influence that he had in my life. Praise God for his his grace and his work uh, through his people. So, well, again, welcome. Glad you guys are here. Today we're talking about chapter four, which is, again, a little confusingly defining moment number three, uh, the moment <laughs> of weakness. So, Kathy starts out with this parable of a kind of a strange parable of a couple uh, uh, celebrating an anniversary. What, what's the what's the special gift they receive? <laughs> or can you tell I us know, about it? Introduce it. It came, it was at a special dinner, and they ended up getting a gift, and they opened it, and it was a thorn in a little wrapped, specially wrapped box, very special, and they were very puzzled by why someone would have given that to them. Mm-hmm. So, they ended up growing through that process, but... Yeah, I uh, when I started reading it, I, I thought it was actually a real life situation <laughs> that it wasn't fictional. But then it had a note with the thorn, "Love Jesus." It was yeah. like given directly from Jesus, and so it's a fictional parable. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of a strange gift. Brian, what's the point of this chapter, and how do thorns connect to it? Yeah, so uh, the story will unfold, and he'll come back to it uh, toward uh, a couple times through the chapter, and then at the end. But the, the really the point, I think, he summarizes a point uh, on page sixty one. He says marriage is a union of two people that are on a journey to discover their weakness, uh, which is uh, may not be what you want to hear if you're <laughs> if you're early on in marriage. But I love that uh, just the reality of that idea that God uses uh, the the who we are and our. I mean, we've talked about brokenness in the previous chapters and all the things that influence us in life, but um, we have this idea that we're self sufficient and uh, God's. One of God's purposes in marriage is to bring us to the place that we understand that we're not. And the way that we get there is the recognition of our insufficiency, which he would call weakness. Uh, so that's what the chapter is going to talk about. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, you know, obviously a... Um uh, a Pauline theme. He's, right. He's, uh, all of this is built on what Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Um, David, you want to read those verses real quick for us? It's there on page 60 oh. in the book. Um, sorry, I didn't tell David ahead of time. <laughs> I was going to ask him to read this, so he's pulling out his Bible real quick. <laughs> 
So to keep from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Amen. Thank you. Uh, So this is um, very... counterintuitive from the world's way of thinking, right? right. This chapter is, it, it will utter, it, at the end of the day, it will make zero sense if you don't understand the gospel, right? <laughs> right. Uh, he says, at its core, weakness is an experience of inability that requires dependence on God. Like God has a good God-exalting goal in our weakness, and that is that we would depend on him yeah. and his grace. So he he kind of expands the idea of weakness, and he has two frameworks, deadly inability and daily inability. What's the first, uh, this idea of deadly inability, what's he getting at? You know, I wrote, I wrote in, in the chapter, deadly inability is salvation. Uh, I, yeah. And I said that primarily because what he's saying is it's just a recognition that we are hopeless in life without a savior. It's deadly. Our weakness is deadly to us. So deadly that it will bring about not just our physical death, but our spiritual death as well. Almost like he believes the wages of sin is death. <laughs> wow. Or that we were dead in the <laughs> in trespasses and sins in which right. we once walked. Right. Yeah, we cannot help ourselves. Um, he says, hopelessly disqualified from self-salvation. So we need a sinner. Uh, sorry, we sinners need a savior. Um, so uh, how does that, though, translate to daily inability? How, what's the, what is the connection? What is he getting at by this idea of daily inability? I think even in Christ, just a recognition that we have we have weaknesses that get exposed constantly that drive us, hopefully drive us to God, seeking his grace to be able to live through those things. And uh, uh, hopefully God uses those situations in our lives to transform us and make us more like him. Yeah. And so I, you know, what, what I think is neat is, uh, you know, we have this idea sometimes or we, we I think we have this dream that salvation suddenly makes everything right in our lives, that we suddenly become mm-hmm. perfected because we have a perfect savior. Uh, but we we aren't. Uh, that's pretty clear if you read the scripture and if you live. <laughs> so, and especially if you live with another human being, right. if you're married. Well, if you live with yourself. Yeah, yeah. But when you live with another human right. being, it, it draws out more of that in yourself, the weakness in yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, there's this one sentence. He says, weakness represents those places in life where we're reminded we're not kingdom ruling conquerors <laughs> exercising omniscience, omnipotence, omnicompetence at will, not even close, right? <laughs> he goes on to say we're we're the oversleepers, the yeah. overeaters, the bill forgetters, and the oh Lord, what's that smell, people? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um we all experience weakness, but he talks about it being personalized yeah. and customized. What what uh what what's he getting at there? Well, I think for me, I think that uh, growing up with a critical mother, and so I realized once I was fine until I got married, 
<laughs> and then I you learned. thought you were fine. <laughs> I know. And then I realized she was that. Fine. I know. <laughs> <laughs> David, you wrecked her. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when I uh, married David and I heard anything that resembled any question or criticizing me in any way, it hit a nerve. It hit a real nerve. And I realized that I was very weak in my sense of confidence and self um you know, self uh, value of who I was. And all of a sudden it just flared up and I saw this is something that's going to drive me every day to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it did. It really did. So I just think that was a daily, I mean, it could be anything from how I loaded the dishwasher to, you know, losing a receipt, being forgetful. So if I heard any critical response from David, it would just flare up, and I had to go to the Lord. And, of course, went to David, and we talked it through. But I didn't even know it was there till that marriage relationship really faced it. So. Yeah. He, um, you know, he says we have these unique afflictions stamped on us, right? Uh, distinctive incapacities. Um, but this is where the <laughs> this becomes so glorious, is that those weaknesses that God graciously gives us, right? These thorns become channels for his power, his strength um, to operate in our weakness. So let's, so this is from really page 64 and 65, if you're following along with us in the book. Um, but how in the world could a thorn be a gift from God and at the same time a messenger from Satan? Let's spend just a minute mm -hmm. thinking about this mystery. So any thoughts here, I'm throwing that question out. Well, I, I mean, I think uh, obviously insufficiency um, is counter to the good design of of how God made the world in us. Uh, but we also know that the fall made a mess of that, right? And so, and so in a sense, uh, our inability, our weaknesses, the things that we're insufficient in that aren't reflective of the perfect nature of the creation really come at the hand of our enemy uh, from a standpoint of them being present in our lives. And yet, and yet, the reason that Paul can talk about it, both, I think, both being from Satan, but also uh, being from God and it not, uh, and it not be, uh, wrong is that the, the scripture is really clear that the Lord is, is sovereign. He's providentially sovereign over all of it. And so the things that are meant to crush us, uh, are, are they don't, uh, that's to me, that's one of the mysteries of the gospel. Uh, my weakness, which ought to bring about my, my utter failure and, uh, and, and bring me to ruin your despair of yourself. Yes. In a sense. God actually uses it for my good. Mm. Like I, that, that's, that's almost, it is counterintuitive to the culture. Uh, God will work it for my good so that he is glorified and I am ultimately uh, sanctified and made more like him. And I think that you could, you're kind of at a fork in the road when you realize those things. Yep. Either you can kind of double down and just fight against it and or you can go and recognize it and realize this is a gift mm. this is a gift or i can fight it and when it's a gift it moves you to the lord it moves you to hopelessness and just say i can't do this you have to do this through me you know 
and he will, and he's glorified in that. Hopelessness in a, 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 a clearly like a hopelessness in ourselves right. is the doorway to hope in right. God. Like it's, yeah, it's so counterintuitive, but you know, I love the way he says it near the bottom of page 65. He's talking about God's intent to make us feel how desperately weak and needy we are to drive us back to God, right? Like I, I like to say uh, when God does things like this, he's helping us be more in touch with reality. We just, our strength is always an illusion. Mm-hmm. Every breath is a gift. We're always utterly dependent on him for life and breath and everything. And he just helps us see reality a little more when he exposes weakness. But he says, somehow the thorn was both the work of the devil and ordained by God. In other words, God used Satan to protect Paul from pride. Yeah. Think about that. It's mind-blowing. Jesus used the devil to produce godliness in Paul. That's the kind of God we trust and we serve and who promises grace for us in our weakness, sufficient grace yeah. and power in our weakness. So um, he, he has, you know, thorns carry a promise, uh, which is kind of what we're talking about, right? It's not, and, and Brian, Brian, you kind of said this, like the weakness is not in itself a virtue, right? <laughs> it's good because it connects us to the power of God, right? Um, so it's, it's the place where in our inability, we discover his faithfulness, his power. And so, um, you know, he, he talks about all sorts of kind of potential weaknesses, right? Um, maybe it's our past sexual experiences creating havoc in our current relationship, like as husband and wife, or, you know, our changing physical appearances and, and self-identity struggles. It could be financial strain. It could be trouble with kids. All of these things are divinely handpicked for us to drive us into dependence on God. So thanks for joining. I hope this first part of Brian and I's conversation with David and Kathy Henry has been helpful to you and encouraging hope that you see uh, the Lord has good purposes and plans in our weakness, plans to uh, magnify his grace and his strength through them. Uh, And you can catch the second part of our conversation in part two of this episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.